Welcome to the Kingstonist Podcast, a daily look at news, sports, and all things Kingston. Brought to you by Taylor Audubon. When you buy a certified pre-owned from Taylor Automall, it means you have the backing of Canada's number one pre-owned sales brand. It also means that with your purchase, your vehicle will go through a rigorous 150 plus point inspection, comes with manufacturer's warranty, has 24 hour roadside assistance, and comes with a one-time exchange privilege. We have over 80 certified pre-owned on our lot right now. All makes, all models, anything you need. Certified pre-owned vehicles and Taylor Automall, above and beyond industry standards. Welcome to Kingston Sports, brought to you by the Taylor Auto Mall, and pleased to be joined by my co-host every week with Kyle Campo. And Kyle, hot enough for you? Yeah, yeah. It's a little nice, bit out right? there. Yeah, finally, nice to see the summer. Uh, I got a, a few things to go over, uh, uh, but first off, I want to congratulate my former coaching partner at Queens and uh, de facto brother Chris McDonald, who uh, formerly the Vancouver Canucks was a scout for the Canucks the last few years, and has been hired by the Arizona Coyotes to be there. Uh, uh, director of uh, European Scouting, and will be based out of Stockholm. Excellent. So that's a big move. That's great. Yeah. Great news for the Coyotes as well. Great news for the Coyotes. Yeah, that's yeah. excellent. I think Chris's path is uh, on to, after this, he'll be have, he has an incredible, he has an incredible eye for hockey. I mean, this, nobody sees the game like Chris, and uh, I think this is a path towards, uh, I think, one day being a general manager in the NHL. Yeah, and definitely yeah. a team that could use uh, some other guys in, and, and a team that's had a lot of success with some European guys coming in. Like uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, so yeah. a Swedish guy as well. So it could be really good for Chris to get over yeah. there and bring some more guys into Arizona. Absolutely, and, and good for, for Chris. Uh, we've got the uh, Canada Cup football. Uh, teams arrived today. Uh, I think they, they, they arrived today. I, I understand they practice, all teams practice tomorrow. Gets underway on uh, Sunday at 9. Uh, uh, eight teams in the tournament. At 9, you've got Alberta against New Brunswick. At noon, Quebec against Manitoba. At 3 o'clock, which I think is going to be a super game, uh, Saskatchewan, which is the number one seed in this tournament. Um, I, and I remember going out west and, and playing hockey, university hockey against the uh, University of Saskatchewan. These guys all drove. I think they had their, their wives and kids drop them off at the rink. Uh, they're all big boys from Saskatchewan against Nova Scotia. And then Ontario and BC at uh, 6 p.m. So should be a lot of fun. And, and as we've said before, uh, football in Canada, is the, the, the development is is unbelievable. Football Canada has done an amazing job. Yeah, it's been very good over the last handful of years, and you see more and more guys continuing to play at a high level. Yeah, it'd be a nice profile to see some of the younger kids who are going to be the future of either OUA or U Sports football, uh, or perhaps some of those players making their way down to play in the NCAA in the yeah. coming years as well. So, yeah, it'd be really good to see. So go down and check that out at Richardson Stadium and see some of the uh, the, the bright lights that are to be the, the future of Canadian football. Well, we've got some Canadian kids. Uh, Alex uh, Reekin, uh, quarterback from Frontenac, uh, William Cook for Cockfield, uh, who's uh, listed with the Junior Gales, uh, Ethan Coolis uh, from Elgenburg with the Junior Gales, and Zach Dodge from Sealy's Bay, my neck of the woods near the cottage, offensive line. And with the U16 team, uh, Reese Rattan from Sealy's Bay is a running back, and, and Brandon Hay, defensive lineman, they'll be in the uh, U16 tournament, which takes place on uh, uh, Monday and Friday, or Tuesday and Friday, excuse me. And um, uh, so a lot, a lot of, you know, great, great football. And as I've said before, the opportunity for young people to play football now is, uh, is night and day, 
uh, uh, better than it was even 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, and I've had the luxury of seeing some of those names uh, at the high school level, not yeah. just with football, but uh, with other sports as well. So Will Cofield, somebody who's at Regi, was an incredible volleyball player as well and has made the transition over to football and, and starting to make some noise yeah. on the gridiron, an incredible receiver. And then uh, Alex Vreekin, the younger brother of Connor Vreekin, is playing basketball at Carleton. Uh, Alex is uh, just as good of an athlete as his older brother uh, and a dual sport athlete at that as well with with basketball and football. Well, I guess the, the other news uh, of the week, July 1st, uh, every year, it's uh, signing day in the NHL, not uh, quite like it was uh, last year. I remember last year at my cottage, I was literally in the water and I'm on a small, small enough lake, but it was a very sort of still day. And all of a sudden I could hear cheering all over the lake. And that is when John Tavares had signed with the Leafs. There was nothing like that this year, but but some some significant moves. And I think the number one, and we talked about it last week, that it would probably happen is that that as the uh, Leafs moving moving Nazem Kadri to uh, Colorado, and a move that I think they they really were backed into a corner and had to make. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's a move that works out really well for both teams. Colorado yes. gets a second line, potentially a second line center. Yep. Uh, and, and Toronto brings in a guy like Tyson Berry, who's an excellent defender, a right shot defender, going to help out all the all across in, in all different systems. And he's somebody that I think Toronto and their, their brass has been looking for as a guy to bring in as a top four defenseman. Potentially get slot in right away on that top pairing, and yeah. I think it's a good move. And then back the other way with Nazem Kadri, someone who brings a little bit of an edge to his game that we've seen over the years, mm-hmm. and is someone that Toronto fans have have grown to be pretty divisive over. But is someone that has been there around for a long time, and he, he offers a lot to his game. And he, he said in his kind of his departing message to the Leafs that he's uh, looking forward to the move, and and he's got a lot of good hockey left. And I think he brings a lot to an Avalanche team that was pretty thin beyond their top line last year. I think the the Avalanche actually overpaid a bit for Kadri because I think the Leafs are a much better team now. Um, we were having a debate here at Adventure Club this morning about Gardner, Jake Gardner, and, and Nazem Kadri, and, and the, the, somebody who gave the opinion that Gardner, you know, basically good riddance, is horrible. And I think Jake Gardner is going to go somewhere and be a superstar. And when you look at the Leafs, uh, in the playoffs the last few years, who's been more detrimental to that team, Jake Gardner or Nazem Kadri? And I, I think uh, the evidence shows that it was Kadri. Just be, he couldn't. Uh, there's something about his discipline. He, he's no good to you sitting in the press box. No, so, not at all. Yeah. I and mean, we saw that, yeah, this past season against the Bruins and was out for the remainder of that series and is someone that they could have had in that lineup and perhaps makes a difference in a, in a seven-game set. Uh, but I think you're right. I think that Gardner is potentially on his way out and, and going to make yeah. a fresh start. And, and, yeah. the, and the, the team that keeps coming to mind or that is least tied to Jake Gardner's services are the Montreal Canadiens. Sure. And and I, I think that, uh, you know, the Leafs don't have enough room to sign Marner and Gardner uh, at cap space. Right now they're at $3 million. I guess the Nathan Horton, I heard this morning, the Nathan Horton money, which is about $5.3 million, comes off the books before the season. So that, that gives them some, some more dough. Um, and... Uh, uh, the other move that they made, uh, which I think is bringing in Cody Ceci. I, I, I think, you know, Cody Ceci for the first time in his life is going to move away from home. He grew up in Ottawa, played for the 67s, played for the Senators. Uh, so he's got to move out of his mom's basement and move to Toronto and uh, has four and a half million reasons uh, to smile in Toronto. Yeah, so Zaitsev making his way yep. over and Ceci yep. making his way and the Leafs actually extending Ceci as well yesterday. Yep. So uh, they're committed to having Cody Ceci and perhaps the fresh start for him and Zaitsev as well and, and just basically switching markets switching places they're going to be quite familiar i think with one another uh, as they return to their former franchises yeah. over the course of the next couple of years but i think it'll be a good move for both and, and I, getting I cody too. cc and in, uh, in the in the into into toronto i think will be a nice transition for him and a nice move and i think that the leafs are 
are in a good spot at the back end, which we haven't been able to say for a little bit of time. Here. Yeah. And I sort of did the dog, you know, and tilting the head when I heard they signed Jason Spezza at 700 grand. I guess that's a, a much less expensive version than, than uh, Patrick Marlowe. Uh, brings in a veteran presence and um, uh, and a goofy laugh and uh, but you know somebody that's been in the league for eight hundred years and and uh, yeah I think we'll be good in the room with the, with the young guys yeah and I think being a, a sports vocal point in Toronto halves the goofy laugh I think kind of goes along <laughs> and goes hand in hand now and we'll, we'll talk about uh, the other goofy laugher in a minute but yeah I think Spezza coming in is a nice move for him uh, he kind of faded away a little bit in Dallas and especially with the moves that they made getting Joe Pavelski. Uh, among other guys in there, and they they brought in Corey Perry as well. So he's yep. perhaps going to be that veteran stable presence that Spezza was brought in to be for Dallas a couple of years back. Uh, and obviously Corey Perry, a lot to play for uh, after getting bought out by the Ducks, a team he had spent his entire career with, a team he'd won a Hart Trophy with. And uh, yeah, someone I think is going to be incredibly motivated. And with that group of forwards up top with Dallas, I think he's got a really good chance to kind of revive his career after a down season last year. Well, the only thing about Spezza, I mean, even in his in his prime, he was not uh, the fastest skater in the league. He was never in the fastest skating competition at the All-Star weekend. And when you've got a fast team like the Leafs, I just don't know. I, I, I really don't know what their plan is for him. Uh, uh, so, because uh, even their fourth line uh, can win a track meet. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to wait and see. The Habs uh, uh, give Sebastian Ahu from uh, Carolina an offer sheet, the Carolina matches, and... You know, that's a dangerous game. You want to get into that game uh, that would have cost them some first-round picks. And I don't know if that – you know, I, I, I think the Habs are better off for not having him to – you know, why mortgage the future for one guy, you know, with two or three draft pick, first-round picks? I really like Ajo. I, think I do too. I think but, he's going to be a star, and yeah. I think he's on his way to getting there. But that could have been the dumbest move from his camp yeah. right, in terms of his, his brass and his agent because he probably could have gotten way more money from the, the Hurricanes – heading into the offseason, especially with another strong year under his belt. So now you saw Don Waddell, who's the GM of the Hurricanes, basically saying, well, thanks very much. Now we yeah. don't have to spend the summer in terms of <laughs> negotiating a contract. We just have to match it. We're definitely going to match it. And you yeah. basically undercut one of the better young players in the game. And now basically the Canes are smiling ear to ear. But uh, I think Aho must be a little frustrated with his agent. But if he was in a position to perhaps sign and tender on to that offer that Montreal sent, then I don't I don't blame Bergevin for for at least offering it to Aho and, and seeing and testing the waters there, uh, especially if they weren't going to get many bites in terms of the free agent market and unrestricted guys, as we saw Panarin and uh, among others, Bobrovsky, a lot of those guys flying off the shelves pretty early. Um, so I don't really blame Bergevin for at least putting the offer sheet forward. Uh, but I think Aho is going to be a little frustrated with his camp sure. who, who basically undersold his value. And now he's going to be staying long term in Raleigh, which I don't know if he was overly thrilled about. But um, well, a good young team, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think and, and Bergevin's getting absolutely murdered in the Montreal press, or what's left of the Montreal press. And because Berger, I think Bergevin is trying to get the best of two worlds, get a great, great player at almost a discount, so it wouldn't cost him the draft picks. So yeah. he really, he really, uh, you know, if you're going to go, if you're going to send somebody an offer sheet, you got to go all in. Yeah, you know, and I just don't think he went far enough. Obviously, he didn't. So. And uh, also Lawson Krauss, uh, Kingston Connection, uh, signs a three-year deal uh, with uh, with Arizona, extends there. And Mike Smith uh, signs a one-year deal in Edmonton. So uh, that's I think that's going to be like, Smitty played pr- very well for Calgary. I he mean, did. I know he, he took some heat, but yep. I thought down the stretch and, and at, at key times, he was great. I think it was the right move, I think, for for Mike Smith to get out of Calgary, especially yep. with the emergence of David Riddick, who looks as though he's going to be the guy. Cam Talbot. 
ends up signing on to come in and, and maybe compete for that role with David Riddick. But I think Talbot, Talbot is going to be relegated to the backup role. So basically, Mike Smith and Cam Talbot through a couple of different paths, switching teams as, as Smith comes from Calgary up to Edmonton and Talbot by proxy of going to Philly now makes his way and slides in to be, I would presume, to be the backup for Calgary behind David Riddick, who kind of really took over, even though him and Mike Smith were splitting a lot of time at the end of last year. Yep. I think Riddick ended up playing a little bit better, and that's where they ended up going when they when it came playoff time. Well, in the one, you know, the, again, you know, the Stanley Cup final in Canada took a backseat to the Raptors, and I think July 1st uh, and this free agent signing uh, t- uh, period has also taken a, a backseat because uh, er- the only thing anybody's talking about is what is Kawhi Leonard going to do? And uh, we thought we might have a, an answer yesterday. We're recording this on Thursday uh, around noon. Uh, or we're recording this at Friday around noon, sorry. And uh, still no uh, decision on Kawhi. Uh, Jalen Rose, uh, ESPN broadcaster, says he's 99% certain that uh, Kawhi will sign uh, a one-on-one with, with the Raptors. And I, I totally agree. And I've been saying all year, he's not coming back, but I'm conv- absolutely convinced he'll be back. Yeah, I agree as well. I think he's, whether it's going to be, there's some people out there saying that he's not going to go with the two-year route. He's he's, yeah. he's looking long-term here. Um, and, and depending on who you listen to, there are some outlets saying the best chance for him to win championships and multiple championships moving forward and to satisfy all of his, his personal agendas is for him to join the Lakers. But at the same time, you know, he's developed quite a relationship with the fan base, with the general managers and the ownership group here in Toronto. And I think that, uh, that, that Toronto is the best basketball decision for him. We've talked about that a lot over the last couple of weeks. I think it's the best life decision for him, too. And I think if you got into a room, if you're Kawhi Leonard and you get into a room with Yusai Majuri and have him do the presentation like all teams did, I can't see anybody. And I've looked, I've, I've gone through the uh, management of both the Lakers and the Clippers. I don't see anybody that would be doing a presentation to Kawhi that is as dynamic as Yusai Majuri would be. He's almost become a father father figure to Kawhi, certainly the way that they've looked after him. The city has embraced him. The only knock, uh, there are two knocks that I've heard, and and, uh, uh, one was the fact that uh, players are annoyed that they have to go through customs every time they come back from a road trip, and the weather. Uh, And those are two things we can't do anything about. But other than that, uh, I think his lifestyle here has been great, uh, and the, the Raptors have just done an amazing job yeah. looking after him. I think those are two minor inconveniences yes. when you think about it, bigger picture yeah, and yeah. seeing. Uh, it, you, you saw Lou Williams kind of going on record and, and putting Canada on blast, but I think that was perhaps a little gamesmanship and sure. trying to c- convince Kawhi to come to the Clippers. Uh, but Lou Williams basically saying that, you know, Canada and Toronto is never going to maintain that star power and they're not going to bring a lot of free agents in based on some of those things. Um, but I think Kawhi, as we said, he's, he's really embraced his time up here, even though it was just one quick season, but uh, a season for the record books and was something that I think is going to set the stage for his free agency decision that hopefully will come down later today to a lot of people, again, who are saying that it's going to head into the weekend as if he's going to make his decision. But with typical Kawhi, taking his time yeah. and, and not letting anything leak. Um, it seems like more of the circus and the showcase has been around wh- who the franchises are bringing in to try to convince Kawhi to join their team. You see Steve Ballmer and Jerry West with the Clippers. Yeah. Well, Jerry West, did, you know, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but go back. Somebody that could be as dynamic as you, Simon Jerry, the only person, sorry, it would be Jerry West. Yeah. And then you see some of the Lakers brass trying to bring people in. They saw Snoop Dogg yeah, trying to wow. recruit. Yeah. Uh, and then you see Drake offering up, you know, not stakes, but perhaps some interest in his 
his rap mogul ship and, and trying to bring and convince Kawhi. We've obviously heard all the other things associated with what Toronto would do if Kawhi comes back. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of bartering and a lot of chips going on here for for Kawhi to decide on. And I'm not suggesting that uh, people in the NBA underestimate the Raptors, uh, but certainly in sport media in the states, if you listen to ESPN or any of the the big the big outlets, uh, they underestimate Maple Leaf Sport and Entertainment about just how powerful, financially powerful that organization is. It's one of the most valuable sports franchises uh, in the world oh, yeah. uh, because of just the stable of teams they have, the amount of money they bring in. Uh, I don't think people just can't fathom the amount of money that that Toronto has and what they can do for the lifestyle of this kid absolutely uh, outside of basketball so yeah and i yeah. and i think that not only do they underestimate it they, they're just ignorant to the fact of of how many and, and what kind of how broad the, the the strokes are with mlse and how many different franchises they have and how many different leagues that they are involved with uh and yeah and you're right the capital that comes into those the uh, the collection yeah. of teams there uh, is just huge for for the city of toronto and for that ownership group. can't even imagine I, I haven't done the math but uh we're a buddy of mine and i were just trying to do the math figuring how much money uh mlse brought in through the raptors playoffs it would be it would have been uh, uh, uh stunning oh yeah uh, other i guess the other basketball news is summer league starts tonight and zion williams will be playing tonight and uh, I, from from what I understand, he has not seen the gym since uh, since Duke lost in the uh, in the tournament. He is well over three hundred pounds, and this is uh, you know he's a kid that he'll get himself in shape, I'm sure by the by the uh, by the start of the NBA season. But I, this could be an issue that uh, stays with him for his whole career. I mean, I, I'm you know I'm not throwing stones. I mean, I'm the last <laughs> person that should be doing that. But um, you know, I think you know part part of the problem. You know, he rolls his ankle. Yep. That could be weight related, and you know. Know, ankles don't get better you know they, they once you once you start doing that and you're carrying around that kind of weight um this kid could have some injury problems down yeah. the road you get carrying around that amount of weight and that amount of explosiveness and you saw it just busting right through that shoe yeah i don't know how much of that was actually a manufacturing <laughs> I, uh, issue yeah, i don't I think, think there's much uh, it's just zion <laughs> but uh yeah i think conditioning and, and physicality in terms of yeah his physical fitness are going to be an issue for him throughout the course of his career um i don't think it'll take him long to get into shape and i think since he's had obviously a pretty tumultuous and busy off season, yeah. uh, once losing in the NCAA tournament, then yeah, that, that's the thing. It's nothing but a, a one distraction after right. another, and yeah. it's just been a circus for him yeah. from all the the trips, all the all the workouts, and all the teams that have been courting him, and then finally seeing the draft lottery, and then dealing with the social media outcry of yeah. his reaction to the draft lottery and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's it's certainly taxing, for, especially for a kid his age, to see that. Um, and you see it, you saw it all kind of unfold as he was announced as the first overall draft pick and just the emotion flowing from him. Um, but I think he's he's now finally focused on being a part and being the face in New Orleans. And I, I don't think it'll take him long to get well, back into shape. To me, this is where the NCAA does these kids a disservice by not allowing them to have representation while they're in school. I mean, you, you look at an OHL team, kids that are going up, moving on to the, all, all those kids have representation. And so you can get good people around you outside of the team. And and so basically when their university careers are over, they're left to their own devices and then they have to make decisions on who are going to represent them pretty fairly quickly. I know there yeah. are going to be people around, but some bad decisions can get made. And I think, yeah, the NCAA disservices student athletes in many ways, and this is just another one by not allowing these kids to have a support when they want. Once you know, everybody knew Zion was going to be a one and yeah. done, so let them have an agent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's that's something that they may have to shift towards yeah. because I think right now you see more and more high profile recruits that are going to be coming into the NCAA. 
that are bypassing and going to play. You saw LaMelo Ball. Yeah. He's going down to New Zealand. I forget the name of the kid who is a, I think he was a top five recruit for next year's class, and he's going down to play in Australia. Yep. So there's a lot of kids that are now bypassing yeah. all of the, the stuff and the theatrics with the NCAA. And I think the NBA is going to move past the uh, the one and done rule very quickly in a hurry here. Absolutely. And they're going to allow high school kids to get back into the yep. end, straight out of high school yeah. again. Well, we do it in hockey. So, yeah. Yeah. And the last, yeah. And the last thing I think with with New Orleans, uh, I saw an interesting article the other day was talking about how Zion now has the Pelicans team that AD could never get. That's right. And it, it came at the expense of AD. Yeah. But, but and it's it's certainly they're going to be an, an interesting team to watch. And you know, the haul that they got, we talked about that last week with what they got for Anthony Davis. But now they've got a team in place that Anthony Davis would have loved to have around him in New Orleans. Yeah, that Western Conference in the NBA is so stacked now that uh, I think you could see Golden State maybe not making the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, it's not it's not a one-team conference anymore. It, there are a lot yeah. of great teams. And, and you're right, and, and in, in, in New Orleans, it's addition through subtraction. Yeah, so, especially yeah. and especially if you consider how long Clay's going to be out. What what does the what does Golden State have? They brought Kevon Looney back. They've obviously got Curry. They moved on from Iguodala. Yeah. They've got Draymond. But they don't have much else. And we yeah, saw their and, bench. And Clay's being, a huge part of and, that team. And yeah. Kevin Durant's yeah. gone. So yeah. we there, there's their security blanket. Yeah. So there's a lot to to speculate around yeah. that Golden State team. And they they were talking about how uh you know the dynasty isn't over. Uh, it's just on hold. It but is. yeah, yeah. It's it's really tough to tell right now, and and especially with the amount of depth. You see teams like Denver, you see a, a number of other teams Houston. that are Houston, teams that are in the in the Western Conference that are yeah. continuing. Uh, to make plays, um, but I think the biggest thing for the Eastern Conference is that in a year's time, the Eastern Conference may finally be back on on level yep. terms in terms well, of the Ka- star. If Kawhi power. signs with Toronto, yeah. then if Kawhi yeah. stays, and then you get KD and Kyrie back yep. together the following year. You got Giannis emerging as the reigning MVP and, and going to be a, a factor for a long time out of Milwaukee. Jimmy Butler staying in the East yeah. with with Miami, Miami. Uh, and then you see Al Horford staying in the East as well and signing on with the Sixers. So. There's a lot of parity, I think, that's going to be in the Eastern Conference. I still think if Kawhi stays, the Raps are going to be the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Sure. Uh, But if he doesn't and he signs in L.A., I think it's time for the Raptors. I think that they know that they're going to potentially be moving on. And I think that someone who did the best for them in that particular situation uh, and for and for the Raptors as well is how well Kyle Lowry played in those playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, Because I think that if Kawhi leaves – they know that they're going to have to rebuild around Siakam, and it could be Gasol and Lowry on their way out yep. as as early as this season. Well, we'll know. We'll have an answer by the time we record this segment next week. So, Let's hope so. Well, thanks for uh, joining me, Kyle, and uh, have a great weekend. And uh, uh, if you're listening to this today, it's Friday. Uh, get out and see the Canada Cup on uh, uh, this week at Richardson Stadium. Uh, the the seniors play uh, Sunday, starting at nine a.m. Yeah, it should be very exciting. And have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next week. All right, buddy.